With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Night recording. Night recording. <laughs> What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the calling him Contavious Caldwell Poop to Contavious Caldwell Pope by the Lakers announcers, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? Is that a real thing? Did yeah. that really happen? So two days ago at the time of recording, the Lakers announcers called Contavious Caldwell Pope, Contavious Caldwell Poop. That is not his name. Here's the clip. Playing it, LBJ, Anthony Davis, and of course Danny Green, but stepping up, everybody. Rondo, a great first half. Kuzma, even better. Quinn Cook, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, Alex Caruso, all of them. <laughs> That's just good, clean family fun right there. Tried to correct it as quickly as he could, but oh boy, quite the uh, verbal typo there, Mr. Lakers broadcaster. The best is that it's his own player. Yeah. He's seen and read that name so many times, hundreds of times. KCP's been on the team for three years. <laughs> no excuse. Absolutely no excuse. LeBron did not bring him to the team and facilitate him being a Space Jam 2 just so that you could call him poop. First of all, I don't think LeBron had anything to do with bringing him to the team. Because yeah, he's because not... they're on the same agent. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they did bring him in pre-LeBron. I thought it was setting the table. Regardless, he's not particularly He's not very good, good at, at basketball. basketball. No, no, no. Though Rob Polinka, when they signed him, said that he fell out of the sky like manna to Moses. That was a real comparison. Sports is made. Weird. Sports is so strange. Sports is strange, but I love it. You know what else I love? Getting ready, which we need to do in the locker room to continue talking about basketball, this sport that we love so dearly. So for that, we're going to head to the Teal Memorial locker room. No, don't worry. Teal's still Oh, Teal's right here. Oh, you, you're, you're That hungry? is a lie. Teal being alive <laughs> is true, but Teal being here in the flesh is a lie. I thought we could start a new conspiracy that Teal hangs out with us during recordings. No, but she does hang out with us quite often when That's she true. makes it to live things that we do. More Shout than out most people. Yeah, she drives quite far to see us. You know who else would drive quite far to see us? I would hope. Our new patrons. Our new patrons. We have a whole bunch. Yeah. So shout out to Chris Reed, Catherine Lewis, Lucas Anholzer, Noel, Taryn Van Sickle, and my homie David Trez. Yo. Shout out to Harry Potter who went to Arizona State who upgraded their pledge. That's very good. Shout out to Siobhan Ellsbury who upgraded to the producer level status as well as our new producer level patron, Litterney 109 There we go. Yeah. Obviously, all of these people loved it when you read me a bedtime story. Look. It was a quality book that I've read many, many times throughout my life, and I just wanted to share this experience not only with you, but all of our dedicated patrons. It's true. I was so sleepy. Maybe we need more sleepy content. Mm, good sleepy boy content. Exactly. For those of you who don't know, you should listen to our overtimes where Mike read me wacky basketball facts and how to find them. 
I <laughs> How dare you? There's wacky basketball facts to bounce around. And no, I did not read you this because there was a strict do not record oh, that's and right. post this. Wink. So we read a book <laughs> on anyway, Patreon. <laughs> anyway, you should listen to it on Patreon. But Siobhan and Letourney join the ranks of our existing producer-level patrons. Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge, I Worked with Eric Stad, Shooby Dooby Doo, I Am Adam Silver, Bilal Johnson, Carolyn Kyle, Godzilla Got Busy, Dame Judy Dench is my DM, Wouter Vandermaiden, Madeline Heising, Soph's Lamb Chops, and Steph Curry for three. You're all, I used all my jokes on the early. <laughs> You're all great. Good job. You know who else is great? This could be anyone. You could be referring to any person. Well, I am referring specifically to two inanimate objects and one piece of punctuation. And that's Shaker and Spoon, yes. our sponsor for this episode. Look, Shaker and Spoon is fantastic because if you are getting ready for the All-Star Game, just coming up, you want to have a big All-Star Game party. You want to be a big fancy person when you host this party. How are you going to make this party super fancy? You're going to have fancy drinks with Shaker and Spoon. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is buy a bottle of liquor. They send you all of the ingredients to make three fancy cocktails, four servings of each, more than enough to go around at a party. And they give you instructions. They give you the little recipe cards so you can make it in the future, which is very nice. And you get really unique stuff. I've never had a drink from Shaker and Spoon that I've had before in my life. It's never like, here's how you make a gin and tonic. Here is some gin and here is some tonic. (laughs) It's always stuff that is much more complicated, but not too complicated to where you, a human being, can't make it yourself. Uh, I hate that cocktail box that teaches you how to make a gin and tonic. It's just not worth the money, but Shaker and Spoon is. It also allows you to dive into liquor that you might not have liked before. Mm-hmm. Like, I w- wouldn't have bought myself apple brandy, but Shaker and Spoon is like, nah, dog, just buy some and we got you. It was very good. And if you want to save some money on a box from Shaker and Spoon as a horse listener, you can. If you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse, you'll get $20 off your first box, which is about half price, which is pretty sweet. So go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse, get a box, have some fancy drinks, and host the best NBA All-Star Weekend Party. You can. Today. That's true. Hey, Mike, a uh, fun fact. Nutmeg, mm-hmm. which I learned from Shaker and Spoon. Right. Nutmeg. It's just a nut. That's true. It it's is just, just a, a nut. nut. Wow, amazing. Those of you who are paying attention, you might have heard the Harry Potter episode of Head, Heart, Gut, the exclusive podcast, which is only for multi-crew members. If you want to join the multi-crew, just go to multicrew.club and you can sign up. We revamped it for 2020. We have a new $5 tier, which just gives you the RSS feed. And the $10 tier has a secret Instagram on it, which Mike and I post on all the time. Mm -hmm. So go to multicrew.club and check that shit out. And one final update, a reminder for all of our Los Angeles listeners, we will be live at Podcast Movement. We will be live opening for Potterless. And there might be a third thing that we add. If you want information about all of this, head on over to multitude.production slash live and get your tickets. Listen, if you don't have a Valentine, we'll be your Valentine with Podcast. Yes. (laughs) Well, now we are all ready. Our shoes are tied up. Our socks are hoistened up the appropriate length on our calves, and we are ready to discuss basketball. And Eric, I'm very excited for this first segment, which we like to call... Full court press. Get it? Like the news. Hold on, I'm checking the telegram that I'm getting. In 2020, I'm into old media. Oh, yeah. It's like the, it's the news. The, oh, wow. the news is just coming in. Wow. Well, I'm very excited for this edition of FCP because the foundation of horse, like any good building, <laughs> is prime A1 USDA beef. Bang, bang. And we have two instances of beef to talk about this week. 
one of which involves Kevin Durant, so we're going to save that for the end. The first one is a confusing beef, because it was between people who didn't seem to have a problem with each other before, TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, very good at basketball, Extremely. one of the stars of the league, TJ Warren... Fine. Less known for being good at basketball. Having a good comeback year this year. He didn't have good seasons with the Phoenix Suns. Now he's on the Indiana Pacers and he's playing pretty well. One of three TJs on the Indiana Pacers. And in a recent game, him and Jimmy just got into a little disagreement. There was a hard foul. Jimmy Butler didn't take kindly to this. He got all up in TJ Warren's face. They started yelling. TJ informed Jimmy that he would beat his ass. (laughs) Jimmy Butler replied that that was fine because I, Jimmy Butler, am tough. They both discussed perhaps meeting where the buses are afterwards to talk about this outside meeting that had been aforementioned. What I did really appreciate, though, was the Heat broadcaster talking about how Leroy Richardson, the referee, broke up the fight between the two. Because sometimes you see the refs getting in between and they don't really push them out of the way. And the players do the classic hold me back thing where a six foot eight. 215 pound person could get through the smaller referee but Leroy straight up pushes Jimmy Butler out of the situation and it's very good and the announcers go on to say that Leroy served 12 years in the US Navy (laughs) but then the Navy said quote that time on dry land did a good job diffusing what could have been a huge problem for both Butler and TJ Warren (laughs) listen they're just two boats just coming at each other (laughs) this is also why I'm sure you love Jimmy Butler so much, but like Jimmy Butler has a very punchable face. He wants you to get mad and punch at him. 100%. I take offense to this because multiple people have said that I look like a white Jimmy Butler. I mean, because <laughs> we both have long faces with poofy out hair a little bit. All right. Good shot. <laughs> Quote Jimmy Butler and Mike Schubert. Like, I'm not surprised. The man has a YouTube channel where he... Oh, where he travels around. I'm not surprised that people who are usually docile automatically want to punch Jimmy Butler. He's the aggro. What's great is Jimmy Butler did go on later to instigate a second altercation in this game, which got TJ Warren ejected. So the Heat later on in the game were on offense. TJ was guarding Jimmy Butler, hit his shoulder into him on a jab step move and got called for just a regular foul. Jimmy Butler was walking back and TJ Warren was excited that a foul was called against him. So he sarcastically was clapping and following behind Jimmy Butler. The referee then stepped in between, gave him a tech. That was TJ Warren's second technical because he got the tech for the previous fight with Jimmy. And that got you ejected. Two techs isn't eject, as they say. So he got kicked out of there. And then Jimmy Butler proceeded to blow kisses to him, which is a gift that I made on Twitter. I was going to say, this inspired Mike to learn how to make gifts. And it was well worth it. He blew kisses goodbye. TJ Warren then flipped Jimmy Butler off, which was not on the Heat broadcast, but it was on the Pacers broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, wow, it's so weird how Jimmy Butler makes people mad. So strange. I wonder why all these people are mad about Jimmy Butler. I think it was great. It was super fun. So that was the first instance of beef that happened recently. But the perhaps larger one. Give me that entree, boy. (laughs) This is why we're recording on a Monday, because you said, no, we're fine. This is what we're talking about. We don't have to worry about any other news, because anything else that happens is not going to be more important than this. So there was a game recently between the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook spent his entire career on the Thunder. 
he was their most beloved star. He stayed with them through and through. And this past season, they traded him to the Rockets, but it was all on good terms. It made sense for both parties involved for him to go over to the Rockets. This was the first time that Russ was playing in Oklahoma City since being traded. It was this great homecoming thing. He was really nice to all the people that worked in the Chesapeake Energy Arena while he was getting ready for the game. When the game started, he ran out onto the court and screamed to the crowd. They went nuts. It was absolutely fantastic. Kendrick Perkins, who is now a analyst slash person that likes to make fun of people <laughs> He's professionally great job. He's great at his job. On various ESPN NBA programs. Kendrick Perkins said that he was about to go on SportsCenter to reveal a hot take. He tweeted this, quote, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give my opinion on SportsCenter on why believe, not why I believe, but capital B. So I think he tried to shift I backspace. I've made this type of typo before on why believe that Russell Westbrook is the best player to have ever put on an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey through exclamation points. He is Mr. Thunder, all caps, three exclamation points. Mr. Thunder is also my uh, drag queen and drag king name. Both mm. of them. Now, what Kendrick is saying here is that because Russ stuck with him through and through, even though Kevin Durant is largely accepted to be the better player, Russ is truly Mr. Thunder because he stuck with them. Mark D'Amico, who is some sort of NBA something, he's the Celtics analyst slash writer slash reporter? There you go, Mark. Inserting yourself into the story. He doesn't even say what website it's with. I wonder if it's for, like, Nesson or something. It's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't. I, it, my favorite it part never... about this is that he's following Kendrick Perkins because it's like, oh, look at this guy I liked on the Celtics. <laughs> Never a good look when you don't list which website you're with, but he says he put together the best career within that organization, but he's definitely not the best player to have ever put on a jersey for them. Come on, Perk. Perk replies, hey, Kevin left the door open and Russ walked right in. Mark is back at it saying, I think Russ walked right into the door called second round of the playoffs three straight times in all caps. This is the point where I lose all respect for Mark D'Amico. <laughs> Kendrick then replies, Katie lost in the second round without Russ when I was there. So what that means. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, is that Kevin Durant's music? What's that? <laughs> See, he tweeted KD. Like, obviously, Kevin Durant has those searches, has bots running through Twitter. That's what you call him. So Kevin Durant replies with... What is a pretty good burn? Yeah, and our starting center, at Kendrick Perkins, yes. tags him in a reply. <laughs> the one that's already going to him. Amazing. Averaged a whopping two and three, meaning two points and three rebounds, which, for all of our unfamiliar with basketball listeners, is not very good. It's not good. <laughs> during that series, he then says, you played hard, though, champ, LOL. Not going to lie. Pretty great insult from Kevin Durant here. Not necessarily the best look to insert yourself into a conversation, though it is about you. You're not tagged in it, but this is matter. a good insult it's, to this enter is a, with. extremely about him. It's not like a little bit about him. They're discussing. It's like someone goes over to the other side of the room and was like, man, uh, so do you think Mike is the best player in this room right now? <laughs> I would go over. I'd be like, hey. I would like to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> Kendrick replies saying facts on the averages and facts on the champ part two, acknowledging that he has a ring. So good for Kendrick. Kevin Durant then replies with a handshake emoji, which you think would be the end of it. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Kendrick also replied to Kevin's tweet about two and three, et cetera, saying it's like this is the point where Kendrick Perkins was like, wait a second. That was pretty fucked up. <laughs> wait, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he stews on it for like 15 minutes and he's like, oh, I'm not done. I'm not sure which one came first. This one might have come first, but it's hard because when I was looking back in it, it wasn't fresh enough. It said they happened at the same hour. So I don't know right, which right. one came first. But regardless, there were two replies to the tweet, one of which was, ah, yes, I am a champion. Don't worry about it, Kevin. But then the other one was this one probably came first based on how heated it is. Quote, boy, stop. You did the weakest move in NBA <laughs> history. Three exclamation points up on a team three one in the Western Conference Finals and then go join them the following season question mark exclamation point heart of a champion right there which pretty good pretty Pretty good good reply pretty good Kevin Durant then replies with a yawning sloth gif not a good reply Kevin Durant wants people to think that he doesn't care but he cares so much he cares so much I wish he would just own it yeah I'm gonna come at you on Twitter if you body me like he can be like fucking uh like uh McCollum Mm. Like Mm -hmm. someone who's always online. So Kevin then pulled the Kendrick where he did a second reply to this insulting tweet saying week is starting at center playing real minutes with no production should have worked on your skills as much as I did. Kendrick then replied. That's fine. Three exclamation points. That's fine. You worked that hard and still had to go join a 73-9 and nine team. Truth be told, you don't even feel like a real champ. You have hard times sleeping at night, huh? Knowing that you took the coward way out. Three exclamation points. <laughs> and then that was the end of this Twitter beef. <laughs> then Kevin Durant threw his phone into the Hudson. All right, here's the thing. Kevin Durant has said that Kendrick Perkins was his favorite teammate ever that he ever played with. Right. And, like, they're supposed to be friends. Like, I know now that Kendrick Perkins, I think, has gotten a little bit of shine on NBA, Twitter, and TV. Like, he's been taking, like, small pot shots at Kevin Durant while he's been on Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is not what you say about people you like. From both of them. You don't point out he was two and three in the playoffs, and you don't say things like, you have a hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. That is something you say to internet bullies. Yeah. Oh, get him. What was very good, though, was Kendrick was already scheduled to be on the jump the next day. So, Rachel Sorry, Nichols I didn't, some point. I didn't know. What do you... Sorry, Kendrick was already scheduled to be on the jump. The jump. The next day. So, Rachel Nichols tweeted that she was very excited about this. How does this happen? <laughs> Rachel Nichols is always in the middle of a story. First with Jimmy Butler. Like, oh. Uh, I, oh, I guess I have an interview with Jimmy Butler. Now this basketball gods are looking out for Rachel Nichols because she's done great work for years. And now they're rewarding her with putting her in the middle of all this beef. She's like, when you get a cheeseburger that's stuffed with cheese or something in the side of the beef. Hashtag blessed Rachel Nichols. Let's get that trending. <laughs> so Kendrick then went on the jump the next day and he clarified saying he was sorry that this beef on Twitter happened because ultimately it detracted from the point of his tweet, which was Russell Westbrook's really great. And instead, it turned into a whole discussion about is KD good and worthy and is he a snake, et cetera, et cetera. So Kendrick tried to walk it back saying, I was trying to just be positive about Russ, not slight Durant. But Perkins did make a good point. He said, it just seems like Kevin Durant is still so upset about this and he's still so bitter and he can't deal with the fact that people don't like him. Mm -hmm. And if Kevin really wants all of us to move on, Kevin has to move on, which he has not done. You got to just let it go, man. You got to just let it go. You can't just use all this brain space on negative energy. I think that's all he has. Like, uh, what is he doing? He's doing rehabbing. Mm-hmm. Like, that would put me in a bad headspace. He has that one season of an anime where he's just, like, in a dark room and not interacting with the other people. Maybe he should take up knitting or he crocheting. Might. What if he crocheted sideline while the game was going on? And then he goes over to Karis Silver and goes, hey, Karis, I knitted you a scarf. And it says, bitch on it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Kevin Durant. <laughs> what does Kevin Durant have against Karis LeVert? It's Karis LeVert is fine. It's still a hurtful thing. All of his venom is going into the scarf, so it's all just like hurtful things on scarves. Shout out to starting shooting guard on the Vancouver group, Karis LeVert. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> and that is what we have for Full Court Press. Get it like the news. I do. It's poisonous, but I got to work it out of my body. I got to work it out. You got to suck it out. <laughs> oh, great audio. Thank you, Mike. Wonderful. Oh, baby. All right. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. Mike, I've been saving this post for a rainy day, and now we're doing a night recording. I think this is the perfect time for me to bring it out for you. A very long time ago, I found an amazing Reddit post called... Let's remember some of the dumbest injuries sustained by NBA players. Oh, good. From yes. six months ago. Shout out to you, Riverdance Jonas, who compiled this amazing list. But I wanted to profile some specific wow. ones. There are some amazing dumb injuries on here. Again, like, I don't want to focus on the ones that are catastrophic. Right. Injuries are a part of professional sports. You're pushing your body to the fullest. But there are some pretty dumb injuries that I want to focus on. I'm trying to remember if I know any truly dumb ones. Nothing is coming to mind. I know there was the time Steph Curry, like, tore his knee, slipping on the sweat of Demodis Montayunas. See, that, but that's like an actual thing. Like, I that's know. A it's not that hazard. dumb, which is very unfortunate. These are things that if this happened to you in your life, they wouldn't get reported on. But because you're a professional mm -hmm. athlete, this is the thing that comes up. So, uh, Mike. Oh, is one of them the Rondo one? No, it's oh. not. It's not. Okay. All right. This is the three most ridiculous injury stories and the three most Kevin Love injury stories. Oh, man, Kevin. Lots of things happen to Kevin Love. Oh, it's man. really unfortunate. I feel so bad for Kevin Love. He's really pretty, though. It's fine. He's incredibly he's attractive. So pretty and, and he's so much money. And he's so rich. And he so, has so much fashion sense. And he's created an entire movement in the NBA to recognize mental health. He's very it's tall. like, he's doing fine. He's very tall. He makes $25 million a year. He's sponsored by Banana Republic. So he probably gets a lot of free, nice clothes. Exactly. He already, by being a player, gets a bunch of free athletic gear. But now he gets a bunch of nice clothes from yeah. Banana Republic. The man never has to go shopping. He has shorts and chinos. He's set. Wow. So do you want to hear the ridiculous ones or do you want to hear the Kevin Love ones? Let me start with Kevin. All right, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Again, Kevin Love is just living his life as a <laughs> tall man in Cleveland. Right. So imagine like a very tall Eric Schneider was doing all these things. Right. Uh, in no particular order, these are all pretty ridiculous injuries that uh, Kevin Love sustained that he had to just deal with. If I'm imagining this is a tall Eric Schneider, I'm confused because you're here with me and you don't live in Cleveland? <laughs> That's right, Eric Schneider and I are the same. Don't you have to edit spirits? Yeah, I have to go edit spirits. Uh, <laughs> right after this recording, I'm going to go edit spirits. All right, number one is called uh, Kevin Love versus Sleeping. Okay. This is in 2012, back when Kevin Love was on the Timberwolves. Oh, chunky Kevin Love. I Again, he was still incredibly attractive, so it all kind of shakes Right, out. but it's so funny that he had two very distinctive looks. Minnesota Kevin Love was very... Big, mass-wise, and right. he had a buzz cut, and he was really good at rebounding and shooting threes. And then when he got to Cleveland, he was like, what if I was really pretty? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he went from jock mode to suave mode. Exactly. Oh, man, what a transition. You know, Kevin Love, he was a big dude at UCLA, too. Mm -hmm, and then he was mm -hmm. just like, oh, I'm going to Minnesota. I'll bring all of this with me. <laughs> so this is what happened. This was the preseason. Kevin Love slept with his right hand extended off of his bed all night. And he woke up, and he couldn't move it. I remember this. I remember this. It, it was so bad that he missed the whole next game. I will say there have been times where I've slept funnily, and it just doesn't heal until you go to sleep again. Yeah. It's like when you have a hangover. No matter what you do, eat food, drink water, take a shower, exercise, whatever, it, nothing will work until you sleep again. And I guess that's just your body being like, look, we got to restart the computer here. 
yeah, but like this is happening to me now, now that I'm like 28. Like there's that turning point, which no one tells you about your late 20s. Right. Like suddenly your body starts breaking down and like yeah. you're an old person. Mm-hmm. It was it was very bad when I was moving out of my apartment into my new one with Kelly. The first time I got a embarrassing injury was I hurt my knee by just being bent down for too long. Mm-hmm. I was cleaning out our kitchen island cabinets and I was just squatting on my knees as I do. And then when I stood up, I was like, oh, that hurts. I yeah. like, oh, I just can't just be cr- in a crouching position for 20 minutes I anymore. I just can't do it. <laughs> like I wake up hurting from sleeping all the time. I'm just like, oh, my back hurts. Congratulations. I'm an old person. Sounds like we need to get sponsored by a mattress company. <laughs> that would be very nice. But Kevin Love was 24 at the time. So he's just like, I guess he's so large that his limbs don't fit in the bed. Bed, and right. he just slept on it funny, but he couldn't play basketball because like his nerves were all fucked up. The only time I've come close to this is when I sleep. I used to be bad about sleeping on my hand on Ooh. the armrest on a airplane, and my wrist would get bent hard oh, too bad. Now I have converted to avoid this into a tray table sleeper, which is very good. And until the flight attendants very angrily inform me that we have to put the tray tables up, and then I always get really mad because it takes like forty five minutes for us to land. It's like did I really have to put this up forty five minutes ago? <laughs> yeah, but that's also your superpower, which is sleeping on flights. So everyone, Look. there are a bunch of steps backwards that you need to make. But Kevin Love. He's just a tall boy, yes. and he slipped on his arm. Yep, and that was bad. And he was upset, and he missed, that he was injured because he slept on his arm. Number two, he was suspected to be drunk, and he couldn't be. In, he couldn't be in the game. Wait, what? All right, this comes from the second type of Kevin Love, the Cleveland Kevin Love, sexy Kevin th- Love, who was also like LeBron's lackey and stuck in this whole thing. Right. I would say he was LeBron's scapegoat. He got blamed for everything when nothing was truly his fault. Right. Remember when we thought Kevin Love was the problem on that team and not Kyrie Irving? Hmm. Remember that? What nice days. Deion Waiters was also on that team. Also, Why were people mad at Kevin Love? And that actually happened once this all shakes out. We just need to figure out what is going on with Deion Waiters. We're going to have to just Uh, figure that whole thing out. Oh my goodness, I feel... So bad. So this happened in March of 2019. LeBron was on the Lakers at the time. Right. But that doesn't mean that the relationship that Kevin Love and LeBron has is not newsworthy. Mm -hmm. And this is why it got reported on. Mm. So this is, of course, is a Deadspin story, RIP Deadspin. Mm -hmm. Kevin Love went on Twitter to call out Deadspin because he missed uh, that Saturday's game versus the Clippers because he was drunk. He was not. He said that he had shoulder soreness, uh, according to the Cavs injury report. This all came from an Instagram post posted by LeBron James. I guess LeBron put up one of his classic dad with all the uh, athlete emoji posts. <laughs> and Kevin Love was trolling him by commenting that LeBron was washed. And they were commenting on each other and just making fun of it. And Kevin Love said, lol, I'm drunk. Okay. Then Deadspin reported on it <laughs> and said Kevin Love out with shoulder soreness after Instagramming while drunk. And then Kevin Love tweeted at Deadspin and said, you really took what I said in at King James's comments today. Seriously, you dum-dums are the one who, <laughs> you dum-dums are the one who must be drunk. Great headline though. He, he, he. Three cocktail emojis and a beer emoji. Hell yeah. So Kevin Love being injured is not like a thing enough that like you could have suspected that. I mean, RIP to Deadspin, but they did do some crappy stuff often. And this, I'm not surprised that they did this. It's very gossipy, yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of weird gossipy stuff. They did this with Ennis Cancer once when he was on the Knicks because he posted about eating a bunch of cheeseburgers. And then he missed We're the We're going to get to that. He didn't, that wasn't actually. Okay. Like, we're going to get to that. 
as a Knicks fan that year, he did that all of the time. He gonna, posted about that once a month. Like, I'm going to get to that. That's definitely what I'm going to get to. Would you like to hear the last thing that Kevin Love actually injured himself pretty bad? Yes. All right. The worst ridiculous Kevin Love injury was when Kevin Love did knuckle push-ups and he broke his hand. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about so that. So this was later on in 2012. This is only a Oy. few months after oh, no. the sleeping on his arm incident. Kevin Love broke his right hand by doing knuckle push-ups. Here is from the press release. Yesterday, I had a post-practice commitment and decided to work out at my home with my personal trainer before heading to the Target Center, which is where the Minnesota Timberwolves were playing at the time. Already hilarious sentence. (laughs) Listen, I had a really cool dinner I had to go to, so I had to do just push-ups with my trainer instead. Sorry. Post-practice engagement. Maybe he's just like... He could be doing anything. He could just be fucking his girlfriend. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's just at Top Golf. Like, that's fine. He's doing something. Uh, while doing various push ups, including knuckle push ups, which are part of my regular workout routine, I hurt my hand. The Star Tribune reported Kevin Love broke two bones in his right hand doing knuckle push ups during the workout in his condo with personal trainer Rob McClanahan. Now, does Rob McClanahan know that knuckle push-ups are not actually better than any other fucking push-ups? Yeah, the, what about being on your knuckles changes anything? It does. It doesn't. It totally doesn't. That's just dumb. It's just dumb. That's just dumb. But like, imagine Kevin Love doing knuckle push-ups. Well, the other thing that doesn't... Kevin Love is a large man. He's got a lot of mass, especially 2012 Kevin Love. And you're going to put a lot of that on just straight bone onto the ground. Not a smart decision. Just like, I don't even know how you like that's just pressure on his knuckles. That's yeah. how he broke it. Like, I don't know. It's not like he was jumping on it and it was like a sudden force. He must have been leaning on it. And then his hand just cracked. That's yeah, that's that's so oh, bad. Uh, and then he was out for six to eight weeks. Fuck. Because his broy trainer thought that knuckle pushups were a good idea. That's awful. Sorry, Kevin Love, but like, come on, guy. And that trainer should know better. Yeah. I feel like if someone asked us for podcasting advice and we were just like, yeah, just like record it on voice memos and just keep hitting record and pause. Yeah, just do knuckle push-ups. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I edit. I just have a walkie-talkie and I put it near a microphone. Like, what the fuck? Listen, I'm doing knuckle push-ups this whole recording, oh. dog. You just can't hear it. I'm just that good at it. This goes really good at editing Exactly. Stuff we're out. just so good at it. We, I just cut out all of the time where I'm like, ow, my hand. <laughs> All right, Mike, do you want three other uh, ridiculous injury stories that I have nothing to do with Kevin Love? I'm grumpy that the Ennis Cantor one made the cut. All right, we're going to do that. Number three, I gave this one to you. I wanted you to talk about it. There are so many on this post. We'll all look into it. I'll dive more into it in the five on five. But I'm serving this one to you. Ennis Cantor versus Burgers. Ennis Cantor tweeted about his cheat day. Apparently, he has a cheat day once a month where he just goes hard Mm -hmm. into things. I watched the video where he posted this over and over again. It's more just impressive about the amount of food that he's eating. Three triple patty burgers with eggs on them. Sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Four other burgers and then a full tray of fries. So that would be 13 patties and a tray of fries and a couple fried eggs. Yeah, and and like three fried eggs. It's a lot. Sounds like an ideal day for me. I will say the next day, circumstantial evidence, a day after eating all that food, Cantor left Nick's practice due to an illness and missed the next game. Everyone on NBA Twitter bagged on him, replying to the tweet and be like, yo, you shouldn't have eaten so many burgers. I think it's just it's just pretty funny. It is funny, the timing. I do believe maybe by eating all of that, his immune system was out of whack because his entire body was just focused on digesting these burgers yeah. that he got some other illness. And then his body was like, what? The flu? I got to digest these burgers. <laughs> 
<laughs> All the antibodies were like, yo, we're on burger duty. I don't know what to tell you. They were fighting in the great burger war of January. It truly was the battle of the bolts. Got him. Oh. I remember on the Nick subreddit, he would post this all the time because he did it once a month. Really and the first does. time it happened, someone was like, how many fucking burgers is that his <laughs> It's just funny. I watched the video, and my favorite thing about it was that he introduced the food he was going about to eat. Because this, by this point, it was like the fourth time he did it, so now it became a spectacle. So he said, I got my three triple patties with eggs and sauces, which I really loved. Fred, I got my french fries, and I got my four burgers in. Let's get in it. And I just thought that was really great. Even if it's circumstantial, so funny. What a what a funny nug. Very hoarse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. This will be your reprieve. But uh, this next one is Eddie Curry hurt himself on top no, of a physio ball. Uh, phys- like a, the, one of those, an exercise ball? Yeah, a bouncy uh, exercise ball. Look, I'm not trying to be heightist or weightist or sizest here, but I think that if you're a seven foot tall, 300 pound center, you're not meant for uh exercise ball that's designed for people that are not that size. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and especially, again, he was on the Knicks at the time. Don't do this when the New York Daily News is right there. Don't do it when the Post will make a pun about yourself. Oh, man. Is there a pun? Or should we just create what it is? We, there is no title pun, but they do they do say some salty things later. It would be like... I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it's it. It's like Eddie doesn't curry favor with could, exercise, could be yes, ball, be or... Um, Eddie Worry gets an injury doing something so silly. Pop goes the curry is like mm. another good one because right. here's what happened. So Eddie Curry was uh <laughs> Eddie Curry was at practice. He sat on the big exercise ball during a break and the ball just exploded. Eddie Curry fell and scraped his wrist, but should be okay. And this is the New York, <laughs> this is the Daily News stinger right here. The ball, which is used for stretching exercises, was pronounced dead at the seat. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. I'm going to add an addendum to this because 2A is Eddie Curry hurt himself while walking. He missed a game because he'd sprained his left ankle doing a walkthrough at shoot-around. Malik Rose said, how do you explain something like that? Good question, Malik. You can't. All right, Mike, we're going to get to the last one. And again, I can't bring you recognizable horse celebrity Shaquille O'Neal, but I can do second most recognizable horse celebrity. Charles Barkley. Oh, yes. The round amount of rebound himself. Now, I will call this Sir Charles versus Sir Eric Clapton. Oh, I hope he stage dove at a Clapton concert. It's much dumber than that. How? That's the dumbest thing. It's actually dumber. Now, I called it that because both Charles Barkley and Eric Clapton are not actually knights. (laughs) They are not. They are not. Uh, I actually did research into this because I wanted to know how to make this joke, but... uh, Eric Clapton is a commander of the Order of the British Empire. If he gets another commendation from the Queen, then he'll be a knight. But he's like two out of three. Cool. Much like Meghan Markle, I will be taking myself out of contention (laughs) from knighthood so that I can focus on my own financial independence, though I will still not understand what the fuck the royal family does going forward. Just like Charles Barkley, but you'll still engage with all those things. Now... Charles Barkley missed the Phoenix Suns 94-95 season opener because the first layer of his corneas got burned off by body lotion during an Eric Clapton concert. This still doesn't make sense. (laughs) You've described the injury and I still don't know what happened. All right. Apparently, allergies and the dazzling stage lights caused Sir Charles to rub his eyes and he was lotioning. (laughs) So he got lotion in them. (laughs) And then apparently it... 
burned his eyes because it was the lotion had a an allergic reaction. We got to find out what lotion company that was. Johnson and Johnson, Jergens, Allure. That probably doesn't exist anymore because Charles Barkley fought them and they're mm, dead now. There it is. Phoenix Suns team doctor Richard Emerson said it was a chemical reaction to a type of lotion that he uses. I wouldn't anticipate it reoccur because I don't think he'll use that type again. Nivea, <laughs> Nivea for men. Charles roughed up their entire team. He's just like, I can't, I can't believe you made me miss the season opener. I would also love if it wasn't lotion. It was like Vaseline. Because <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> I assume Vaseline is just petroleum. This whole, it, none of this makes sense, but, but it happened. I wonder if he also had to wear those funky rollout sunglasses that you do if you have LASIK <laughs> surgery where you look like the Terminator. That would have been pretty good. That would have been very good. I wish he was wearing Rex Specs for that entire season. Oh, man. But, Mike, here are some injuries, both from Kevin Love and other NBA players, that are truly ridiculous <sighs> and didn't hurt them all that much. Wow. Thank you. That makes me very happy. It's a very fun three on three. Well, I have something that I've also been sitting on for a little bit of time now. It's an article that once I saw it, I knew it had to be discussed. And I'm very glad and I'm excited to share it with you in this segment that we like to call That Actually Happened. Whoa. What? I wonder what actually happened. Oh, well, you'll be excited because you are a big Celtics fan. That is I true. I am a big Knicks fan. Uh, also true. This story involves our two teams and the Knicks come out the winners. <laughs> Which is not the case here in 2019, but back in the 90s, it was. So, Eric, did you know that over the course of just one playoff game, the Celtics ball boy went from being fired by Red Auerbach because of a flippant comment from Larry Bird to becoming the Knicks lucky charm for an improbable three-game comeback? <laughs> oh, bud. Okay. <laughs> you really you walked me down the garden path here. There are so many things that you're going to hit. This is like the topic sentence of an essay. You're like, in my essay, I'm going to talk about all these things. The first, Red Auerbach. The second, Larry Bird. The third, Ball Boy being lucky. Mm -hmm. We're about to get you that 800 on the SAT writing section. Shout out to Stefan Bondi, who wrote this for the NY Daily News recently. Stefan Bondi's an interesting Knicks writer because he either writes really nice things about the Knicks or really mean things about the Knicks. There is no in between. I don't know how to feel about Mr. Bondi. So you mean the New York media? Uh, yeah. I mean, at <laughs> least there's some Knicks broadcasters or media members that have their constant stance. Frank Isola always shitted on us no matter what. No matter what. He would always try to say mean things about us. And then there's some other people that always try to put a positive spin. But Stefan is back and forth, but it's always an extreme. But this is a very great write-up that he put together about Gerald Brown, this ball boy. So, for context, Gerald Brown, he grew up a Knicks fan. He happened to meet an MSG employee while he was at a sneaker store in Harlem and soon afterwards became their ball boy when he was a teenager. <laughs> Classic story. How stuff used to work <laughs> back in the day. In his final season as a ball boy in the Garden, the Knicks swept the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. Shout out to Hal and to Jody Avergan and... <laughs> Shout out, <laughs> Shout out Ben Simmons. This is a famous game because the Knicks swept the Sixers. After the game, they all got brooms and swept the court with brooms, which many people in the Philadelphia media did not take kindly huh, to. Weird. So strange that the notoriously angry and upset Philly people didn't like it when the New York Knickerbockers bought brooms and were big jerks. They were very upset. Apparently, Charles Oakley, unsurprisingly, was behind it. 
He <laughs> told them to get the brooms. Gerald about this said, quote, they were like, go get the broom, go get the broom. A lot of people were upset about it, but it was funny. It was real funny. So a lot of people were mad. But then Ira Burkow of the New York Times wrote a satire piece. And this is on our website at horsehoops.com. You have to read this. It is called A Broom Should Be for Brooming. And it was this over-the-top thing talking about how awful and how dastardly the Knicks were for celebrating. Here are just some of the great quotes. It's so funny. <laughs> Talking about the sweeping quote, they did it gaily, gloriously, and with utter disdain for good taste and the gods of chance. Ira goes on to say, so when the buzzer sounded, the handful of boyish, playful Knicks swept off the court with the broom. It was tacky, as they say in one part of the town, and it was <laughs> in your face, as they say in another. That's pretty good. Talking about the Sixers, Ira goes on to say, Led by a player called Sir Charles, who is rotund royalty in briefs on a basketball court, Philadelphia was gritty throughout. And finally, ends it with, quote, History is replete with examples of inelegant winners, but Achilles, that noble Greek warrior, takes the cake. Hector of Troy, about to be speared dead by Achilles, begged him not to mangle his body. Quote, I wish from the bottom of my heart, said Achilles, that I could cut you to pieces and eat you raw myself. That's going a little far for a winner. In retrospect, maybe that broom thing of the Knicks wasn't so bad after all. <laughs> it's so good, everyone. You have to read it. Yeah, I really like the part where he suggests that we should all eat all the Irish babies just to deal with our overpopulation mm. problem. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're not making modest proposal jokes, Mike? No? Nope, nope, nope. There's like five people who are like, oh, nice one, Eric. Nice. Good. Jonathan Swift. Good. <laughs> so the next season, Brown ended up attending Mount Ida College, which is just outside of Boston. I do love that he probably put Nick's ball boy on his CV that he sent to college. Maybe. Maybe. So he ended up getting a ball boy for the Celtics. The way that he got this job is because somehow the Celtics hired him to deliver Larry Bird a jersey when... He was playing the Nets. So Brown about this said, quote, the Celtics were playing the Nets and somebody had stolen Larry Bird's uniform or whatever. Classic. The Jerry Cosby, which is apparently a sporting goods store, right next to the garden, the Madison Square Garden, not the Boston Garden. I despise that Boston people call the Boston <laughs> Garden the garden. How dare you? Had made uniforms and the Celtics paid me to take a cab to the Meadowlands, which is where the Nets played. So I brought the jersey and I came back. That started a conversation about working for the Celtics down the road. See, this is another thing where people just bought a jersey and then let another person wear it. I still cannot believe that. And it's just a thing where they didn't have well-made jerseys back in the day. So the ones that you could buy in stores were the same ones that the athletes wore. Wild. I should have just went into a Models, threw on a Stoudemire jersey and should have balled out for the Knicks. Could have, have done told, it. Wouldn't have told the difference. So it's 1990. The Celtics end the season in fourth place. The Knicks end the season in fifth place. So the two of them are going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs. The Celtics get home court advantage. They take an early 1-0 to zero lead. Now, on the way to game two, Larry Bird picks up Gerald, the ball boy, from Mount Ida because he lived close. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 90s, man. Larry Bird's like, oh, I don't live too far away from you, ball boy. I'll pick you up on the way to the game. Hey, do you want a do you want a carpool? Are you bringing the tunes? You bringing snacks? Do you want to ride with me, Legend Larry Bird? So he picks him up in a blue pickup truck with tinted windows, mm -hmm. and then immediately starts talking trash because he's Larry Bird. <laughs> 
Brown said, quote, he talked so much trash it was ridiculous. It was so funny. He said, quote, I'm going to kill Johnny Newman. He can't guard me. I'm going to get 50 on him today. I was like, oh, my God, he's just nonstop. I thought it was going to be awkward and silent, but he was just like, yo, the Knicks are terrible. And he was just killing everybody. Anybody you tell him, tell them to guard me. And he was really animated about it. Again, I'm just wholly not surprised by anything Larry Bird does. And I'm like, and then Larry Bird scored 50 in that game? And then it happened? The big surprise for Gerald, though, was he got to the game after being dropped off by Larry Bird. And Larry Bird's like, oh, I got to go over to the practice area. I got to go like, play professional basketball in the playoffs. Do you want to hop out here, five stars? <laughs> Me, Larry Bird? So Gerald's boss takes him into the bathroom and fires him. Why? <laughs> because he got a ride? No. So here's what Brown said about it. Quote, this guy, Pete, he was in charge of the ball boys. He comes in and says, we have to let you go. Red Auerbach saw you cheering for the Knicks. I started laughing. I said to him, quote, everybody is trying to prank me. You got me. But then Pete said again, you've been fired for cheering for the Knicks. What? So, apparently, in a film session where they were reviewing the footage of Game 1 before Game 2, Larry Bird noticed that the ball boy was cheering every time something good happened for the Knicks. <laughs> and he made an offhanded comment about it in practice. But, as Gerald Brown said, people just like to prank him. It was just a common thing for the players to, to joyfully mess with the ball boys. The Knicks did it. The Celtics players did it. So Larry was just dicking around. But Red Auerbach overheard this comment and thought Larry Bird was genuinely upset at Gerald for not being truly loyal to the Celtics. So he decided, I'm going to help out my star player and I'm going to fire this guy. This is stupid. This is a stupid story you're telling me. Oh, God damn it. So Larry Bird talks shit perpetually about everyone and everything. I know. Why would you believe anything he says? Look, this is Red Auerbach, the same man who forced Bill Russell to throw up before they played games. Oh, the key, I can point. This is the same person. Tactical genius. <laughs> I will fire this ball boy. You know what, actually? Good. Fuck you, Gerald. You deserve to get fired. So they fire him. They give him an envelope of cash for his pay. And... <laughs> Just in the bathroom! In the bathroom! He's getting ready to leave the stadium, but Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley noticed Brown, and he looked really sad and dejected and was carrying an envelope of cash. And that's when Charles Oakley was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so he asked him, they asked him what happened. He told them the story, and then the Knicks trainer, Mike Sounders, said, hey, stick around. So they took him in, and they made him the ball boy for the Knicks that game. Here's what happened. So he's the ball boy for them in game two. They end up losing game two. They go back for game three. He sticks with them for the series. But they end up winning game three. They end up winning game four. Mm -hmm. And they end up winning game five. So the Knicks were down 2-0. They pull off the 3-0 sweep. And they're all crediting Mr. Brown here for being their good luck charm that they needed to swing the tide. They decked him out in all Knicks gear for that game two. <laughs> <laughs> and they were trying to get him to mess with the Celtics mascot. Apparently, Oakley and Gerald Wilkins were, tr <laughs> were trying to prod Brown into defacing the Celtics mascot about this. Brown said, quote, they said, hey, G. Brown, put that towel on the leprechaun. But Brown said, I was like, hell nah, I got to live up here. <laughs> this is so dumb. This whole story is so stupid. Why are all the players acting like idiots? They're just boys. They're, they're just, just boys. They're just large, goofy men. Oh my so God. the Knicks end up winning that series. They ended up losing in the next round to the Pistons who ended up winning the entire title. But the story does have a happy ending because Brown 
kept all of his connections, and he ended up having a successful career. He still works closely with Charles Oakley and Penny Hardaway, who was the star for the Orlando Magic. And now he hosts a weekly Sirius XM radio show called The Bottom Line Sports Show and a podcast called In the Key with BJ Armstrong. I love that this man just happened to become a ball boy because he was in a shoe store. And then he ended up being a ball boy for another team because he went to college nearby and got them a jersey that one time someone stole Larry Bird's jersey. And then he was holding an envelope of cash and then everyone was like, okay. And now he works for SiriusXM. What a great turnaround. You get fired and then you immediately get hired 10 minutes later. Great turnaround. I do like the story ending, but there was a part of me that was like, do you know who he was today? Kobe Bryant. <laughs> that man legally changed his name. <laughs> and that man became Michael Jeffrey Jordan. <laughs> so that is the time that the Celtics fired their ball boy because Larry Bird made a joke and Red Auerbach thought it was sincere. And then it ended up coming back to bite them in the butt as they were cursed. And the New York Knickerbockers defeated them in the opening round of the 1990 playoffs. And that actually happened. You want to know who that ball boy was? Steve Jobs. No. (laughs) And you know who that ball boy is today? President Barack Obama. I was going to just say Gerald Brown. He's the host of a podcast in a serious sex up weekly radio show. (laughs) Genuinely, I thought there was a part of me to like, you know who that is now? Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. And I'm like, I know that's We knew not his true. name the whole time. I know, I know that, but I was waiting for the dumb twist at the end. And that day he marched down to the county clerk's office and legally changed his name to Shaquille O'Neal. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campomanes. And the website is by Kelly Beckman. Shout out to our producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, South Tortessa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge. I work with Eric's dad, Shooby Dooby Doo. I am Adam Silver. Bilal Johnson, Carolyn Kyle, Godzilla got busy. Dame Judy Dench is my DM, Wouter Vandermaiden, Madeline Heising, Soph Slam Chop, Steph Curry for three. Litany 109 and Siobhan Ellsbury. You can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find us at Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter because, as we say every episode, it's because Horse Hoops cheered for the Knicks during a film session. <laughs> That's true. That's probably true. And then they got banned. Red Hour Back Band. He's very good friends with Jack. (laughs) And that ball boy was Jack. And he invented Twitter. (laughs) And he's chill with Nazis now for some reason. (laughs) No, not Gerald. Jack is. Yes. Totally different guy. What? (laughs) Or maybe. Wait. Our website is horsehoops.com, which has all of the research and visual stuff you didn't see because this is a podcast. If you want sweet bonus content, such as me reading Eric a bedtime story of wacky basketball facts to bounce around, or some other book perchance, <laughs> you can head on over to patreon.com slash horse hoops. Mike, you know who would accept Kevin Love in open arms because we love him for all of his flaws and foibles? A hand surgeon, because clearly he <laughs> does not have the strongest of hands. Uh, well, that's true. And also Cleveland and also Minnesota and right. the larger mental health community. But Multitude, uh, multitude. is what I was talking about. Make sure to check out the multi-crew with the revamped tiers. We added the $5 tier, which adds the RSS feed, and we revamped the $10 tier so you get a sticker pack, a Finstagram, and some other cool shit. You can go to multicrew.club for the multi-crew or check out our website, multitude.productions, or us on Twitter at Multitude Shows. And as we round out every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it's only fair to honor Charles Oakley 
and the way that they celebrated conquering the Philadelphia 76ers by saying, go get the broom, go get the broom. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three, go Go get get the the broom, broom. go Go get get the broom. broom. I love that they went into this at some point on, okay, guys, if we win, we'll sweep them. So we got to have a broom ready. (laughs) I feel like this is buried on some rapper's mixtape. That's the sample that starts it. Charles Oakley say, go get the broom, go get the broom, and then the drop. I mean, very good. I would love if I had a soundbite of Charles Oakley saying, go get the broom. I'll ask him for that one day. If I ever talk to Charles Oakley, I will say, Mr. Oakley, can you please say, go get the broom, go get the broom. Well, you know who is that ball boy? Charles Oakley. Jay-Z. Oh, then why would he, why would he own the Nets? (laughs) It doesn't even make any sense. Oh, it was a plot all along. Turn the Nets into the Brooklyn Nets. Make Brooklyn Night. Brooklyn Night is bad. Ah! It was an inside job. It was deep state. Oh. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.